This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Value Inspiration Podcast. My name is Ton Dobber, and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration. The purpose of my company is to help business software companies rethink what can be to become remarkable again. The goal that I have in this podcast is to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential that we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. So my strong belief is that we can think big, and therefore we should. And doing so will help to create a better world for all of us. This podcast is all about that. The guest on my podcast this week is Zera Katatepe, co-founder and CEO of Datsi AI. What drives me personally is the dream of making AI usable by everyone, democratizing it so that it becomes a useful technology like automobiles or electricity. When you consider business processes, life always changes. So, you know, as an insurance company, for example, your products that you offer to your customers, your customers' ability or incentive to buy from you, your competitors' behavior, the regulations, all of these change in time. So you have to you have to keep adapting whatever you were doing to new changing conditions. So you cannot just have you know one machine learning model or one rule set. We just learned what to do and keep doing that forever. So you need AI, which can continuously learn, which yeah. can continuously adapt. This is Zera. She's the co-founder and CEO of Tati AI, a startup company developing continuously learning machine learning solutions for the banking, insurance, and telco industries. Besides her role as a CEO, she's also a professor at the Istanbul Technology University and served as a member of the advisory board at Titor Systems. Zera received her Master's of Science and PhD degrees from the California Institute of Technology in Computer Science. She has more than 20 years of both industry and academia experience in machine learning. And in that period, she delivered 21 patents and over 80 publications on the theory of machine learning and its applications in finance, health, energy and transportation. Her company was recently selected by Gartner as a cool vendor in AI core technologies. And here is why. Dazi's products are changing the way AI is used in business, keeping business in the driver's seat with an automated machine learning platform that continuously learns and adapts itself to new circumstances. And this triggered me, hence I invited Zera to my podcast. We explore the challenges with today's AI and machine learning technologies in rapidly changing business circumstances. We then discuss what is required to get AI right, both from the angle of the vendor but also on the readiness level and mindset at the customer side. By listening to this podcast, you will learn three things. Firstly, why it is key to micro-segment your customers if you aim to deliver remarkable value. Secondly, how designing for scale helps both your own organization as well as that of your customers. And thirdly, 
that taking a platform approach can turn customers into fans by allowing them to solve unusual problems. So thank you for joining my podcast today, Zera, and making your time available. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. The reason why, you, why I invited you to my podcast was because I saw a number of announcements. First of all, an announcement from Gardner that you were awarded being a cool vendor in the particular category, which of course is always good. And cool vendors, that's what it's all about. And as a consequence, I, I did a little bit of research on your website and about what, uh, what Tati is all about. And I realized it was really what the purpose of my podcast is all about. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. But before we start, it's always interesting for my audience to understand a little bit more about you, and particularly what, what is, what's driving you in business? What is, your, what is your passion? Okay, so thank you for inviting us, first of all. Well, what drives me personally is the dream of making AI usable by everyone, democratizing it so that it becomes a useful technology like automobiles or electricity. The purpose of Tazi is, our company, is to make AI usable for business experts. So people don't have to be data scientists or engineers or mathematicians to, to be able to use AI. So we want to really democratize this technology so that every business person is able to understand it, uh, use it, and guide it so that AI becomes something that serves business needs, as opposed to, you know, just being a technology that people experiment with. And we believe that businesses, business people are the key to guide AI because they know where it should be driven. So that's our aim. So to make sure that AI is a technology usable by business experts. Okay. Interesting. And I I see where you're coming from because up to now, AI has always been a little bit in the league of people that really yeah, went down into the, the nitty-gritty details of it and actually be uh, being data scientists. So it's a very good mission to have to make it usable for everybody. So what do you believe at the end is, is the opportunity if, if that happens? You know, Once the world really is capable of using AI within the day-to-day business, how will the world look different? It's hard to tell, but you know, my mom says if her grand-grandma woke up and saw all the cars and planes wandering around, she would just be scared and would want to go back to her grave. You know, of course, you know, you know, that what we can do with AI in the future is interesting. I mean, you know, like one of the things that I can think of is, and at least where we concentrate as Tazi, is to make sure that whenever there is something human beings repetitively do, And there is a way actually to do using AI, to do that using AI. And there are patterns in what they are doing. When that is the case, we want to make sure that we can put in AI algorithms to learn that. This looks, this sounds very much like robotic process automation, but this is different than RPA because here we are talking about intelligent tasks. Like what an actuary does in insurance, what a fraud expert does in finance or banking, etc. So, so, so we are talking about difficult tasks which require certain level of expertise, but are repetitive. And actually, there aren't enough number of people 
to do those tasks. So, so people who are doing business, people who are doing those tasks are actually overwhelmed. There is a very nice example. I saw a, a video from, I think, 1950s or 60s. There is an onion peeling machine advertisement. You know, there yeah. is a guy who says, you know, look, now how long does it take to peel onions for you as a person? You know, there, there are onion peeling workers and then, you know, engineering, an engineer comes and he says, look, I have this onion peeling machine and it can peel onions very uh-huh. easily. And, it, you know, it can peel as many onions as, you know, 100 workers could peel in a day, for example. I don't remember the number. Yeah. But, you know, you feel like, okay, these people, they don't have to cry anymore peeling onions. Of course, they will be jobless if peeling onions is the only thing that they can do. But there are other things that human beings can do. And what I repetitively see is as soon as you make space to experts so that they do less of those repetitive tasks and and they can do those tasks more efficiently, immediately they focus on what they could do for their businesses, what they, they could do for their customers. And we see actually an increase in the level of job satisfaction and also business processes. So we are starting to see this, you know, and, and in the future, we are going to see more and more of it. Right now, we are seeing this in insurance and finance industries because the people who work there are you know, able to work with machine learning algorithms much easier than other domains. Exactly. I think you, uh, you hit the nail with that particular example or well, the, the, the whole explanation that you gave. What, you, what I typically also see in, in AI is there's, there's things that are repetitive but are non-value-added that should definitely be taken away. And that likely is going to be something that is a combination of RPA, yes. process automation, but also AI. Like I've been working with those examples also in my previous jobs, particularly things like doing your timesheet and doing your expenses and doing approvals. So these things are yes. not exactly added value to the business, but they have to be done and it's repetitive. What I liked about your particular example here, or the, the thing that you highlighted, is that there are experts, they do repetitive things, but these things actually need to be done. They are actually a value-added thing to the business, but there's simply not enough people to do the job. And I think that's, yes. that's also the purpose of my, uh, of my podcast, is to, to understand the value we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way to do things we've never been able to do before. And that goes far beyond, you know, peeling onions or doing your timesheet. It's really about the things that, that add value to the business where you can say, okay, well, here's a combination of what people can do and what machines can do best. Put them together and you get even better results. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I just want to point out something about peeling onions. You know, there is something like not quite 100% right about the onion peeling examples. Onions don't change so so you know it's a repetitive task where you your task is always the same on the other hand when you consider business processes life always changes so you know as an insurance company for example your products that you offer to your customers your customers ability or incentive to buy from you your competitors behavior the regulations all of these change in time and what ai needs to do becomes a lot more difficult than just peeling onions. Sure. So you have, to, you have to keep adapting whatever you were doing to new changing conditions. So you cannot just have you know, one 
machine learning model or one rule set. We just learned what to do and keep doing that forever. So you have to have a model of what to do, which can be updated. And human beings are able to update their knowledge based on what they see. Those experts actually keep learning from their environment. So you need AI, which can continuously learn, which can continuously adapt. That's why you need AI, actually. That's why you cannot just, you know, that's why in time service, why you need continuously learning AI as opposed to just an AI system which learns what's happening and is frozen. So what business processes or what businesses need to solve are very difficult and dynamic than, you know, peeling onions or identifying cats and dogs from each other. So, so you are in a very, very dynamic environment and very competitive environment. So you, So you have to not only know what to do, but you have to also be able to adapt yourself as a human being. So in the same abilities from AI systems. Strong. Yeah. I mean, that's spot on. So, I mean, we've been talking a little bit now about like what is happening and, and what is required in, in society and in business in order to, to move forward and stay competitive. Tell me a little bit more about what, what the solution of Tatsi is all about. Where do you fit in? Sure. Well, maybe I'll tell you just a little bit about our journey. We started in 2015, and at that time, our aim was to create a machine learning platform, software as a service, which could continuously learn, because we saw that there was an acute need for a continuous learning AI system. So we actually invented machine learning algorithms that could keep learning and doing this in a very robust way. But as soon as we took our first products to our customers, they said, no, we want to understand what's happening here because we are going to make very important decisions about our business. So we started providing explanations. And then right after that, it's like, you know, there's a children's book. If you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to ask for some milk to go with it. You know, people, you know, when they understand something, as soon as we understand something, our, you know, our next step is to correct it. So, so business people wanted to correct AI when it learned wrong, which can happen yeah. if you don't have enough data, if, you, if there are emerging patterns. True. So, so we had continuous learning, understandability, and also learning from human and data at the same time, and, and, but doing that continuously as our building blocks. And as okay. soon as we try to scale you know, when we had more and more customers, we realized that we needed two more components. One of them was to make sure that there was automated machine learning, you know, which means we could select the optimal parameters of, you know, of our whole system, not only machine learning algorithms, but the whole system. Parameters should be selected automatically to optimize business KPIs. And finally, we needed the whole thing to be usable by business experts because we realized that doing all of this on ourselves as Tazi and providing only the machine learning algorithm to the businesses, to the customers was not enough because businesses wanted to be able to update and set AI systems themselves. So we provided very easy to use interfaces so that business experts, business analysts could themselves create, observe, update, and recreate machine learning systems on their own. So that's what really we are about. And it was very interesting. We had we attended last year the Gartner Summit in Barcelona. And the VP of Gartner was talking about the continuous next as their vision. 
And I, I just couldn't stop at my seat. I just wanted to jump and say, hey, we have this. This is not a vision. This is a reality. It is here right now. You can use it if you want. So, so it was right on spot. So, you know, having Gartner's vision implemented and, and we started implementing that vision in 2014, you know, like five years before Gartner announced that vision. So, so it was kind of very interesting and we were very lucky, I guess. And there is, there is always luck with startups. We were very lucky to, to have chosen that path as opposed to some other paths in our journey as the company. Well, that's, that's how it all starts. I mean, I'm writing a book about what separates remarkable business software vendors from the, from the others. And it's absolutely about this. First of all, defining a, a big idea and, and having a vision about what the future could look like. And then, of course, it's realizing it is sticking to that. But it starts with, with something that has not been done yet. And uh, that's what you did. Yes. <laughs> so it's... Yes, yes. yes. And, and it's, it's actually, you know, it's a race, actually, you know, like... We have more and more companies actually claiming components of, of that whole picture. Yeah. And that's what startups do. We keep racing. And, and I think, you know, what defines success, I mean, of course, we are, we are not a unicorn yet. So, so I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm just saying this, not from experience, but, you know, from, from what I experienced little, actually. I think what defines success is the ability to, keep listening to your customers and and being really hopeful and optimistic and very hardworking because we keep solving problems every day and you know little problems about the details you know fine details of how these algorithms should be working and it's not an easy task so we have to always be optimistic about what we are doing and sometimes we fail and when we fail we take lessons and we just keep moving on i mean we we never let anything to take us down for a long time. So it's really all about being optimistic and really hardworking and, and having the, the technological ability to implement very detailed solutions yeah. to make things work. Yeah, I think you're making a couple of very strong points here. First of all, the keep listening part. It's not talking to your customers, but listen to them, which is a different yes. thing. And the other one, of course, is also... You have to go deep rather than, than wide and, uh, and like shallow, shallow in terms of your solution. Solve one problem really, yes, uh, really exactly. doing. Yeah. That's what I see continuously yeah. companies that really are doing things that, that have not been done before and deliver yeah, what I call, always call shifts in value. So yes. what is always interesting to me is like what, what sparked the idea to start this company? Was there a specific conversation? Was there an aha moment? Yeah, yeah, there was. So, so I am a university professor also, and my husband and co-founder, Tanju, has been working in industry. He's an MIT and UCLA graduate, and you know, he worked at 8 in US, and then you know, he has been in executive positions yeah. because somebody had to you know, provide the children's tuition money, etc. So, so, so I chose the research path. You know, he had to choose the executive path, and he kept seeing more and more, and and I kept seeing more and more in the consultancies that I have done that continuous learning was necessary. And, and Tanju had that vision that streaming data was a must. So the ability to learn from streaming data was absolutely necessary. At those times, you know, we, are, we are talking about 2014, you know, Kafka yeah. was a very new technology. And we basically bet on Kafka being the 
solution for streaming data. And we started solving the continuous learning problem. So, so, so the vision was AI systems can't cope with change if, if they are just learning batch in a batch mode. They have to keep learning continuously. So how do you do this? That was just the first, you know, this needs to be done. And then AHA was, yes, we can do this because even as our starting team, uh, Tanju uh, has you know, a great knowledge in terms of building systems, very scalable systems and robust systems from start. And I had you know, more than 25 years of machine learning experience in industry and academia. So we had both business expertise and, the, and also the academic research experience to create these systems. So that's how it started. And, and we actually chose the name Tazi because it was, it's actually the initials of the family. So, and then we also wanted to make sure that it was an animal that could help human beings. And right. it's actually an Afghan hund, which is very, very helpful for human beings. It's one of the most helpful dogs which can catch things for you and bring it to you and, and can adapt to very different conditions. So we decided to name it Tazi because of the dynamism and helpfulness uh, of that particular dog. I like yes. that story. It brings the whole thing alive in, in just one sentence. That's, that's always powerful. So that's, that's, that's fascinating. And I mean, I didn't realize the long history behind this before it actually started. But you can see that it's, it's sometimes these things come together and then it's okay, this is what we have to do. So in, in that whole journey from 2014 to where you are today, what do you believe are the, the, the one or two things that, that really made a difference in what, yeah, what the power of the solution re- really represents today? I think the most important component is, you know, actually what you said. I mean, actually, maybe, I think there are two things that, that are important. First of all, having a system designed from beginning to be scalable and adaptable. That proved to be, over and over again, one of our strong points. And the other one is, this is actually hard to do. The other one is to know when to say no, to accept that, yes, we can do a lot of things, but we are not going to do those things. We are just going to concentrate on finance and insurance and maybe a little bit of retail, but not, you know, not to like five different industries, not no. to 15 different use cases. Although we know we can do those, the marketing and sales effort needed is enormous. So knowing when to say no, and I, I, mean, I have to add one more customer. I mean, we have been so lucky you know, to be blessed with these beautiful people as our customers. I mean, I think, I mean, I think we sell to people, sell and buy from people. Yep. And in you know with, with our customers, what I realize now is uh, there have been these great people who contributed to our product and it's used in their domains in so many different ways and who encouraged us at difficult times. So I think you know we have been blessed with great customers and those customers helped us make our product even a more useful, usable products. So, so I think, again, listening to customers, to your customers, and, and actually choosing your customers, right, is, I think, also a very important third component. Now that brings up a whole range of other questions that I have here. 
So, <laughs> so I mean, one of the questions I typically also ask is like the typical mantra from Steve Jobs, you know, innovation is not about what you do, but it's like what you not do. And I think you highlighted that is what you say no to. Were there any tough decisions that you had to make that, that proved at the end where you say, okay, it was a tough decision, but we made the right decision. And was, is there any example of that? Yeah. So, for example, we did this choosing the industry, actually not once, but three times, actually, believe it or not. You know, we, we always, you know, we always knew, and everybody says, you should not do everything. You should be a little startup. You should, you should concentrate on a particular market, particular use case. Yeah. So we, we started actually on use of AI in anomaly detection, particularly, you know, for you know, fraud detection, network intrusion detection. We started with those use cases. Yeah. And we realized that it was a space which was too crowded. And then we tried actually two other use cases, two other like specific verticals. Yeah. And for those two verticals also, we realized, you know, in one case, we realized that market actually was not there. There wasn't actually demand, although, you know, everybody taught and said that there was demand, but actually there wasn't. So we were very lucky, you know, we we got into those specific cases, we talked with customers, we talked actually with startups who were in those areas before, and and we got in and out very fast. Those were hard decisions, though, because we had made all the preparations, we had demos and, you know, all the connections. It was a go, but it became no-go, and because we were a small startup you know we were, we were a huge company we were able to say okay you know all the indicators say no so we are not going to go it was it was tough though because you know you do all that hard work and you think you are going to be able to finally get in there but you can't so 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 that was one of the toughest decisions i think yeah, well that's at the end also learning kind of yeah it makes you stronger at the end you learn from it and you you get out, you come out of it better in a better way yes and the, the other thing that you said is that choose the right customers and I mean, there are, I mean, yes. if you look at the, the adoption curve, there's the innovators, the early adopters, the early majority. What I think is that you really, that you are in with, with early adopters and innovators, but correct me if I'm wrong. So, but what is, the, what is your criteria for choosing the right customer? First of all, yeah, I mean, that, that's a very good question. Again, we learned this by experience, by actually losing many customers. And one of the things that we realized is AI is a technology that requires company-wide adoption so yeah. it's not enough to to get acceptance from only it or only business there has to be executive level acceptance also so the right customer is the customer which has dreams and which has data about ai so so it's not only enough to have that vision but also there has to be a certain level of data and ai readiness because, you know, if a company hasn't collected any data at all, you know, they are not ready for us yet. They need to first make sure that they have some data available. And we also support a very agile approach when it comes to data collection, because, you know, we believe that you can never have enough data. But with the business goals that you want to achieve, you know, there is 80% of data that can be collected with only 20% of effort. So you could just do that. You can you know, collect that data and start doing machine learning. You know, the, and the other component is the ability of the customer to deal with data. So, so you know, a, a company which has no data analyst at all would probably not be very suitable for us because 
because we require a certain level of understanding of data. And we teach understanding of machine learning very easily. After a day of a workshop, business people can start working with Tazi. But there is, you know, there is that understanding of data and analytics, which really help us. To summarize, company-wide adoption and company-wide dreams and actually plans of even wider adoption of AI, not only for one case, but for a number of use cases. And also uh, data readiness and people readiness are important steps for us. I really like that part about company-wide dreams. And I think that also illustrates why it is the case, because typically when you have a dream as as an organization, there's, there's a big gap between what is today and where you want to be. And you realize that in order to kind of yeah, bridge that gap, you need to do something radically different. And that's where this technology comes in. Correct? Yes. Good. Yes, definitely. I mean, yes. I mean, like the, our customers have the option of either, you know, building it all by themselves or, you know, let like use a, use a platform like ours. And their choice is actually to actually make things faster by adopting a technology like ours so that they can concentrate more on their business. And and we want to concentrate on making our product better every day. So there is a very nice divide between what our customers need to do and what we need to do. And we, we always aim for actually like teaching them how to catch a fish as opposed to you know, catching fish for them all the time. So So we have an initial stage where we do a workshop, we you know show how AI, how our AI works on their system, on their data, and then we train and let our customers work with AI themselves, but we are there to support them whenever they need us. Or for new use cases, we can always support them. And and that's how it can be scalable really. Otherwise we would have to we could just not cope with more than five or ten customers otherwise. Exactly. Now that scalability aspect is really important. And that's also what you, what you spoke about in the, in the beginning. So you've talked a little bit, well, a couple of times now about use cases and customers having yes. a company, company-wide dreams. Do you have an anecdote about a customer? You don't have to mention the name if that's not possible, but things that, that have made you extremely proud of what can be achieved. Yes, definitely. Yes. We do have. Actually, I'll, I'll talk about two cases. One of them is in finance domain. You know, in, in, in that, with that customer, we had, we had a great data scientist. We had a great data scientist, you know, who could do great things. And, you know, we, you know, first of all, with his help, we were able to achieve, you know, together as good performance as he had achieved, you know, in about two years of work in actually a month. And about a year later, he, he wanted us to actually provide them with enterprise-wide AI because he had like tens of use cases and he just couldn't cope with the demand. So he actually, he, he also is one of the, you know, those great customers that I'm talking about, you know, what he provided as feedback in terms of usability of our software really helped us improve Tazi. Now we are, you know, we are in the process of building an enterprise-wide AI in finance domain with that company. The other use case is in insurance domain. Again, you know, we have that great customer there. And he told us, you know, one of the, one of the people in that customer, he told us that we have enabled insurance experts 
to do feature selection and feature engineering with our interface. We have enabled them to actually make machine learning models better, although they knew nothing about machine learning. And they had, we are, we, our first use case was on profitability detection, uh, micro-segmentation, and you know, they want to go with a fraud solution and, and they want to move on uh, building other AI models. And it, it really makes me proud to see these business people come up with very interesting use cases. As soon as they realize that this is a tool which they can use easily, they start thinking about unusual applications. You know, you know, with an insurance company, yes, everybody knows about claim fraud and you know, claim risk, frequency, etc. But when these business people start building applications, they start seeing subcases. They start seeing cases that people have not ever thought of, which will make their businesses more effective. And that makes me really proud. And actually, I have to tell you one more. This happened yesterday. As I said, we don't want to go into retail, but retail wants us to come to it. So, <laughs> uh, so we have an e- e-commerce customer. And you know, in front of our customer's eyes, we presented him with a model for out of stock. And he realized, hey, you know, this model is not quite right. Those variables should not be included. He said, okay, you know, in, in front of his eyes, we just ignored some variables, ran the model again, and, and he saw that he could do it himself too. And then he said, yeah, this is just right. So I had that satisfaction, you know, he's very happy with his model now. And, and this is, again, my grandma was the tailor for the village. And I almost felt like what she felt, you know, you know, having that person the right fit with his model and being happy about it and, and actually having dreams about his model. Like he had tens of business cases, tens of people who would benefit from that model. And he just kept counting them. And I, I just couldn't take enough notes. So that was really, I was just so proud like, of our team, of our product and of him. So that was that was great. Yeah, that's I, I can understand what you mean when you see this happening in front of your eyes. And you, you see customers become fans of your solution. Exactly, and and as soon as people see that they can contribute to something with what they already have, yeah, they become enthusiastic about it. Exactly. Yeah. True. And then they uh, they start spreading the word for you, which is which likely will mean that you have yeah. to go into retail. <laughs> I know. I mean, I actually, yeah, yes, we are actually going into retail. As I said, I mean, I, we had two, actually three meetings in retail yesterday. So, so we will have to go into retail. I mean, you know, in terms of, I mean, I think we will, we will be fine. So hopefully we'll just have only three verticals, you know, insurance, finance, and retail, and, and not more, at least for the time being. Interesting. Uh, inspiring. So based on what you know right now, five years in the business, you have customers, you, you know what, what is a, a good customer and what is a customer that's not ready yet. If you would have to give an advice to a leader, to a CEO or anyone in the, that is at the board level that wants to start something like this or adopting something like this, what, what would your advice be to them? Well, I would first of all, you know, advise being very careful in selection of use cases you know, as opposed to something that is not important, I would choose something important because I have found out that during this whole AI journey, 
people learn a lot about their business processes and, yeah. and how to make them better. And even if you make you know, a 1% difference using AI, it creates a sound. So, so I would, you know, people keep talking about choose something not so important. I, I don't believe in that. No. You know, if you want to work on something, you should choose something very important so that you have enough people thinking about it. I would also recommend a very democratized approach because the problems that we are trying to solve are not easy problems. You know, they are difficult business problems and it requires a village to actually bring up a good AI solution. So you need participants from IT, from business and data analysts, from business and from executive level. Yeah. You need those people to be able to clearly voice their opinions, to brainstorm and understand what needs to be done and what they need to do to get it done. So I think it's important to have, again, you know, an important problem, but also setting the goals not very high. You know, even if it is understanding of the whole process better with AI, that's something. And you might not increase your, you know, customer satisfaction by 10% after six months, but maybe you may. So, so you should set up incremental goals. And I, I also believe that having very agile processes, you know, as opposed to getting everything done, planning yeah. it all, having incremental plans and, you know, doing it and then seeing how it works and maybe adapting the plan, I think works very well. So the time it takes for us, it's very important, the time it takes to agree on what needs to be done and then get it done with the customer. So, yeah. so, so if that process takes too long, people lose their energy. So, so we, we, get something out within a couple of weeks to the customer so that everybody knows what's happening. Exactly. It's the low-hanging fruit they're always talking about. Yes. Well, but the, the, more, well, the, the, the key thing here is that it's at least something that is important, that's valuable. Yes. Because that, that's where you get people excited. Because once you get that done yes. and you get fast results, that will kind of create a wave of, yeah, of demand for it. Interesting. Yes. So what is yes. next for you? What is next with Tadzi? Where do you want to be in a couple of years' time? Well, we are, we are in the process of, you know, expanding more in EU and U.S. markets. I mean, U.S. market is, you know, right now we are in the EU market, mm -hmm. but expanding to U.S. market is, you know, sales and marketing-wise one of our goals because I, I love the, the energy of the U.S. market and also mm -hmm. my business expertise is, in, is within U.S. So, so that's one goal. And the other goal is to, you know, to, to have enterprise-wide AI implemented in more and more customers. Because right now we are able to implement, you know, we are implementing use cases in, in three different verticals. Yeah. But combining them together with the business processes and making them even more optimal is also an ongoing journey. And I, I really like that journey. So doing that as seamless as possible, you know, improving the user experience even more is the next goal. Being on the cloud was a goal. We are already on the cloud. So, so cloud, you know, we, we weren't on the cloud a couple of months before, but now we are on the cloud. So yes, we are. So most of our customers prefer to, us to be on site, um, on, on premises, 
But especially with retail, we have more customers who want us to be on the cloud. So we are on the cloud also. So cloud was the first one. UIUX improvement is the other one. And, yeah. and US market is the third one. Good. Well, nice, nice goals to have. I think we have, we have covered a lot during this session. And that's, I've learned a lot from you as well. A couple of very inspiring aspects. So where can people go and find out more about Tazi or say hi to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, they can, they can visit us on our website, tazi.ai. We have webinars. We already have some of them and we are going to have more of them. And you can see us at conferences. We announce the conferences that we attend to, like Strata Gartner conferences. We attend to those conferences and also insurance conferences, especially in Europe. And you can always send us an email at info, info at tazi.ai. And we would be very happy to help you with your AI dreams, if you can, of course. Very good. Well, thank you very much for this. And like thank I said, you. I, I've, thank you. I've, I've learned a lot and I'm going to pick up a couple of things like they also kind of mention, a, make a couple of references to, to what you're doing in my, uh, in my book. Okay, thank you so much. And uh, thank you for this opportunity because one of the things that I learned about a startup is, you know, you start with dreams. You believe in those dreams to, you know, that, that you, you, you make yourself believe in that, yes, these dreams can be realized. You know, you make a couple of people close to you believe in them. Yeah. And then, you know, your uh, co-workers, your investors, it's really all about having a, story having a dream and talking more and more about that dream so so i think you are really very instrumental in in actually making making people tell about their dreams and and i think you know when when you talk more about it i think it is in my brain what i need to do becomes clear so so, so thank you for that opportunity it was a pleasure absolutely and to be honest i couldn't have ended this podcast better myself so thanks for these inspirational words and for everybody listening, thank you for tuning into this podcast today. I had the honor to speak to Zera Kataltepe, co-founder and CEO of Tatsi AI. The goal of this podcast is to share compelling ideas and showcases to inspire what can be when technology and people blend in the right way. It's my strong belief that too much focus is put on automating people out of a process, in other words, cutting costs, rather than scenarios where the unique strength of people are augmented with technology change the established rules and to deliver a value that was unimaginable before. So with this podcast, I want to make a contribution to change this, to create a broader awareness of what can be, to accelerate the adoption by bringing together you, a tribe of like-minded people and organizations, and lastly, to accelerate the initiatives and solutions that could be created because one idea inspires the other. So if you know about stories that are worth sharing, please send me a message. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas and that starts with you. If you want to have more information, read my blogs or obtain information on working with me, just visit me on my website, valueinspiration.com. Thank you for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast or provide me with your feedback. I'll see you shortly in a new episode. world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. 
Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.